0: to be a very interesting show because we are talking about something that we all want but not enough of us know what it takes to make work. I heard T.D. Jakes say in a sermon recently, you woman, you want to get married but are you willing to sacrifice? Of course, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but his statement hit me really hard because I want to get married, I want to have the white dress and the flowers and a walk down the aisle But beyond the wedding, do I really know all that it actually takes to sustain a very successful marriage? And so I want to talk about that today. So that's what we're going to do. Statistics says 45 to 50% of marriages will end in divorce. And with those kind of mind-numbing facts, it often gives the institution of marriage a bad rap. And it was really, really, really important for me to talk to a married couple who's done it um been through it and could drop some gems and be totally transparent about the reality of marriage so lovely people welcome chris and brie hey
1: everybody
0: (laughs) (laughs) um so today is actually chris and brie's fifth anniversary which is amazing thank you guys for spending it with me no 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 problem. problem um but what you guys may not know is that Chris and Brie are still in their 20s, so they got married really, really early. Mm -hmm. And to celebrate this milestone, I want to play a little icebreaker game, um, kind of like the newlywed game. Okay. Chris, what Mm -hmm. is Brie's favorite color?
1: Oh, all right. I think I got this one. I'm going to say Brie's favorite color is green.
0: That's right. (laughs) Okay, Brie. Uh, describe your first date. What was that like? Let's see if you remember.
2: I remember being cool outside. It was October, late October twenty two thousand seven. 2007. We went to a coffee house called Summit off the campus of Davidson. He, what'd you have? Chai latte and I had the mm. green tea and it was some nasty green tea. <laughs> so I was like, I don't want him to think that <laughs> I don't drink tea or anything like that. So I went along with the... Drinking as much as I could, I had like three fourths of the cup left. But we talked for like three, four, five hours in that coffee house. Well, eventually we had to go from the coffee house to a food place, right? To real food. But it was cool. Who remembers what the
0: first song you guys danced to at your wedding was?
1: Oh, the wedding. Yeah. Um, that was "As" by Stevie Wonder.
0: What was the significance in that song?
1: Because Stevie be talking about all the different ways he's going to love this lady forever. <laughs> you know, just like, always. always. Just like an eternal love. So that was something that we aspired to and still aspire to. So, And Stevie Wonder, you know, means the world to both of us, you know?
0: Right. So the first segment um, that I want to do with you guys is Before the I Do. Mm. So I want to talk about you know, your life before you guys actually walked down the aisle. So, how did you guys even meet?
2: I Facebook friend him <laughs> um, the summer before college. Um, Davidson, well, then was a primor- primarily, um, predominantly white institution. Oh, it so it still is. Still is. <laughs> um, so I don't know what has changed we ain't the last five cool years. that long ago. I know. <laughs> But, um, Predominantly White Institution, so I was like, I'm gonna friend to all the black people, and Chris's profile pic was looking influential, so, <laughs> I was like, I need to friend him, so, we didn't meet in person until the stride orientation.
1: Yeah, so that, so that was like, um, August, I think we met in person, mm-hmm. yeah, and I remember, um, it, it wasn't until after I hurt my ankle that I was just like, man, Bree's kinda cute, because <laughs> i was hosting this um show on campus and i was like talking to her after the show ended and I was like, hey what are you getting into uh later on so like, oh, i'll probably go to one of the parties on um, what we have is patterson court where all the fraternities and um they only have like AKs and deltas but the white girls have eating houses mm-hmm. and so um you know, you know way to put it? <laughs> but, <laughs> I was trying to find like a PC and just white girls eating houses. And so um, I remember being on my crutches just like limping around to the different houses to try to see where Bree was at so I could hang out with her. But.
0: So you both were in um, Greek life? Yeah. Got it. Yeah.
2: yeah. He okay. was in Greek life when I was a freshman and then when I was a junior I got into Greek life. Yeah. Got it
1: alpha and aka respectively oh lord what do you
2: call
0: that
1: that's first family that's right first. there Got that's it. first family right there that's the mom and dad kids yeah. out there Significant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay. how did you guys know it was meant to be that sounds so cliche but
1: no nah, but it's real though mm-hmm. it's real um i know for me what what really sealed it was the day we went to go vote for um Then Senator Obama, it was in the North Carolina primary. And we were leaving the Cornelius Library, obviously North Carolina. And as we're walking out, I see this man struggling with his pit bull down the street, down the sidewalk, coming toward us. He's not in charge. The pit bull, like, says in Milan would have had to give him a talk or two. Like, he was not in charge of the pit bull. He was not the alpha. (laughs) And so, I don't even think about it. I step in front of Brie. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? And just, like, engaged the guy. He's like, oh, what's up? Like, you know, just real. He probably hasn't even thought about it since. But in that moment, I said, yo, I just stood in front of brief for, like, a pit bull. <laughs> I must love this girl, man. Like, because a pit bull could have really just ate my food, man. Right.
0: <laughs> so, who told you? Well, obviously, you told her you loved her first. Like, how did that happen? Is that right? Or did you yeah. tell? Yeah. You
2: did. I think the way you said it was like, I think this entire week you, I've been trying to tell you I love you, and that's how I was like, yeah, I love you too. Aww. Aww. Yeah. So, what qualities did
0: Bree or Chris have to possess before you knew they were marriage material and they were a great spouse or would be a great spouse?
1: Um. You, well, I, so. <laughs> I think for me it was just really dope that going back to that first date, we just talked about God, because mm-hmm. God never come up on dates for me. You know right. what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I, I I'm just being a hundred. Like I, I I wasn't someone who was like, oh, you know, I think we should have Christian courting. I, I never was interested. So I never not that I avoided talking about right. God, obviously, but the fact that God was. The center of our conversation was like, "Oh, this is really cool," you know, because you, you talk to some other people and it's like you almost got to bring up God like a like a like a cousin who got to stay over for a few <laughs> days or something. It's like, "Oh, I know God was going to be here," you know what I mean? Like <laughs> they get mad, but knowing that I could talk to breathe about God primarily, I was like, "Oh, this is something serious," And
2: mm-hmm. you know? um, I think for me, um, being family oriented, of course, having. a relationship with God, knowing who God is, Um, and then how he interacted around his mom and kids, and he loved, you know, working with kids, so, and the fact that he's honest, he's the most honest person I know, Um, it was good, because you gotta build trust. Yeah.
1: That's real.
0: How long were you guys dating before you became engaged?
1: So, we started dating in 2007. We got engaged in 2010. Yeah, so November 2007 to December
0: 2010. Nice. Okay, so was it a long engagement? (laughs) No.
1: Nah, people thought Brie was pregnant.
2: (laughs) It was six months. um, So it was during my senior year that we got engaged. And then I knew that after we graduated that we didn't want to live with each other. So we wanted to get married soon after I graduated um, college, so... Um, engaged in December 2010 and married in June two- 2011. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> here comes next. <laughs> Baby brain. No, it's, all yeah.
1: it's all good.
2: So, my
0: next question is to you, Bree. Mm-hmm. A lot of women are super impatient
2: mm-hmm.
0: about finding the one and, um, you know, just finding who they're supposed to be, but so much so that they will settle mm-hmm. and they won't actually wait. For the person who's for them. Mm -hmm. So what advice. Do you have on patience. And having timing. Or waiting for your time. Waiting for the one.
2: You've got to listen to the Holy Spirit. Mm. To let you know. That this is the one. Like, I don't know if I mentioned before. But you had the question. um, About how we knew. That this person was the one. There's a time in my life. After my senior year of. No, my freshman year of college. When we had started dating, it was like six months after he told me he loved me. Um, that this It was just bright. And it was just like a warmth, like a light presence. There's all I can describe was just like a really, really awesome season that summer when I was in Spain. We wrote emails back and forth oh, to each yeah. other. I kept those emails because it's like, it's going to be a book one day. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that was, I believe that was God telling me, this is the one. You're going to have to be patient to marry this person. You have to finish school. But I'm letting you know now that this is the person that you're supposed to be with. Um, but in order to do that, I had to be in my word and know what the Holy Spirit was. <laughs> so, um, I just advise girls, or women, excuse me, I advise them to read the word for yourself. Um... Try to listen daily to the signs that God is giving you. And sometimes it might seem like he's not giving you signs, but you just got to be patient. He will show you and demonstrate to you that this person is for you.
0: Yeah, that's excellent advice, Ruth. Um, So the next segment is, I now pronounce you husband and wife.
1: <laughs> Yay. Um,
0: so what's one thing women need to know about being a wife? Mm and
1: what's one thing that men need to know about being a husband um patience i don't even know who that's for that i guess everybody really but as a husband you gotta be patient and selfless Mm. if you're not willing to wait and if you're not willing to put yourself in the back seat like i mean not even like on some i am second but like you gotta put yourself in last place sometimes like the last thing that's going to happen is what you want. That's what's going to have to happen sometimes. In order to really build it, you can't be selfish and you can't be in instant gratification mode because it's just not going to work. It might work for the short term, but you're really building a house of cards if you're not patient or, or selfless.
2: Mm-hmm. To piggyback off of that, um, you hear a lot about submission and stuff and a lot of females today. Why do I say female? A lot of young women today <laughs> are turned <laughs> off by that submission because they're thinking like whipping chain, chain to the stove, like you know, a slave. But the word says husbands love your wives like Christ loves the church, and if Christ, Christ does want the very best for us, and He has this servanthood, this love, and if your husband is seeking Christ and, and modeling his husband. <laughs> after after Christ, then he's going to look out what's for best. What's best for you? He's not going to abuse that power. Um, it's a partnership, but it's also like he's captain, you're co captain. Mm. So you got to work together. You got to communicate. Um, but ultimately, he listens to God's word for the ult- the last day. Yeah, I think that's so important because, like you said, when we
0: hear submission, we think. Like, we're being held captive. Or we lose a sense of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So it's important to redefine what that word is because, like you said, it is important.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I hear people say all the time, especially guys, mm-hmm. um, they're like, oh, I don't want to get married because I'm giving up the woman or
2: yeah.
0: um, the fun or whatever. The chase. The chase. Um, how did you guys know you were ready for that sacrifice? You're giving up... You have to say no to friends when they ask you, hey, let's go travel this way. Mm-hmm. You have to say no to friends when they say, let's go to this party. How do you know? Because you guys were
2: really... You guys were young. I was yeah. 22. Was yeah.
0: 23.
2: Almost 24. So how did you know you were ready for...
0: I mean, it is a sacrifice, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. I guess it depends <laughs> on the person, though. Because
1: I, I think... It wasn't my story... That I was just like about that life.
2: You know I, mean? like,
1: <laughs> I I think if I if I, if my life was that epic in terms of you know being with a different lady every week,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think that's a very hard like, <laughs> transition mm-hmm. to go from that to like watching HGTV or whatever. Like that's really difficult. So I I'm I'm thankful that. I always kind of had it in my wiring. Like, I was looking for somebody to just, like, kick it with. Like, mm-hmm. I was, like, not even a serial monogamous, but I I, I just really was, like, I want to go into a relationship. I never was trying to just pursue just for the chase.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, no shots to anybody. But that's right. just.
2: Yeah. I think it's a <laughs> lot. I
1: think that's yeah. a much harder change. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know. I would say the same thing. I think we both. I think God brought us together at the same season in our lives that we both wanted to. We were, like, okay. Whoever is next, Lord, please let them be the one who I am with. Woo. my life partner. Yeah, I think that it's just a timing thing. It's a god yeah, timing thing for sure. Um, but yeah,
1: It's, it's crazy to <laughs> say that because I remember um, before I even know who, who Bree I knew who Bree was, like the beginning of that semester, my senior year. Uh, and, and once again, like, I'm born in 87, Breeze born in 89, so I'm not snatching a cradle or robbing a cradle or whatever. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. you know, just like, put it out there. She's a judge of my life. How I'm living. No. <laughs> but I remember talking to a friend of mine, and I was like, yo, I just feel like I'm being a good relationship by Thanksgiving. I don't know why. I just feel it. And it was almost like I feel like God prepares a place for us, right? On the, like, heavenly level, but at the same time, God prepares us for different seasons in life. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't think it would have worked out if I was a freshman and Bree was a freshman. Because, I knew, like, once again, if I was 20 when I graduated, I would have been 17 when mm. I was a freshman. 17-year-old Chris
2: was not mm-hmm. marriage <laughs> material. Like, you
1: know what I'm saying? Like, I would not have, have valued the situation as much, right? And so, I thank God for that time. Because, you know, a year too early, a year too late. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what if Brie had got left back? We never met. We never met. You know what I mean. <laughs> I'm glad you. I'm glad you were smart.
0: <laughs> um, do you guys still relate to single people, or are you like, oh, I'm only hanging out with married people, that type? I don't know.
2: I think now because we have a child yes. and a baby on the way, yes. we hang out more with the married types mm-hmm. with kids or the people with kids because they just get it right. Yeah. <laughs> Like they're not going to be like, oh my gosh, why is that baby crying? Yeah, so much? it's not going to be annoying to them. Yeah, they get it, and the kids can play together. They can entertain themselves, and right. we can talk. Um, yeah, that's that's a ch- something that has changed in the last year. Um, but we. Still that, I think that's been
1: a bigger change than getting married. Yeah, becoming a parent was a bigger change than becoming a, a married person, for sure. Yeah. For sure.
2: But um, I think we still relate to them. Like we still, you know, dabble in the. The young
1: people's music. <laughs> to to what the youth are listening to? Um, no, but you got. But at some point, you gotta kind of embrace your washed upness. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I, like <laughs> No, if I'm like, I, I I try to stay current in music.
2: Yeah, and
1: I and I try to stay current in like pop culture or whatever. But if I'm out here like trying to be wild for the night, that's not that's not mm-hmm. good to look. I gotta. I got to go home, man. Yeah. I gotta, like I literally have kids to feed now. Like I really yeah. can't be out here trying to keep up with everything. Right. But I, but just for ministry's sake, I want to be relevant to people. So I never say I can't talk to somebody who ain't married or talk to somebody who don't have kids. That's right. crazy. You, I think for a good conversation, you should ask people about their lives and talk about mm-hmm. them, not just be like, oh, my God, green beans are gross and my baby eats them. Like, who the hell wants to hear that? You know what I <laughs> mean? Nobody <laughs> wants to hear
0: that. <laughs> um. So, just to piggyback off of that question, what was the biggest adjustment from being single to getting married?
1: Man. You know, when you have your own place, because I, I, I lived by myself until <laughs> Brie invaded, right?
0: Oh, okay. And
1: yeah. so, you so I used to, I'm be. not... I'm not a neat person. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna start off with that.
0: Me either.
1: Right. This is it's a safe space. So yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but there is order for how I I leave my mess. Me too. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like you could just come in and just like change everything up. So Bria isn't a neat person either, <laughs> which was like another level of shock to my <laughs> system. That was like the biggest like <laughs> shake like shake to the whole earth for me. But when it was like. I'm used to leaving the toothpaste here, and she put the toothpaste there. I'm like, what kind of nastiness is this? Like, <laughs> I'll get so mad because it became chaos to me, right. and it was like, yo. I remember, oh, oh, I remember <laughs> our first few months of being married. There was like a crock pot. Chris,
2: okay put the crock pot story? Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, uh, ret- ret- retract.
1: I'm oh, sorry, you can take this out and post <laughs> <laughs> You can tell
2: this
1: story. Alright, right, so it was like a standoff because I was like, yo, crock pots are nasty, yo. Like, you're supposed to, first of all, they're mad dangerous. Like, you're supposed to just leave something cooking for like nine hours. You're supposed to leave your house or go to sleep or not pay attention to it. It could burn down your whole situation. So I hated crock pots off that. Right. And then I think what a Brie made, like, soup or something and like it looked disgusting like i didn't want to have nothing to do with it because you put like the whole chicken in there and i was like yo what is all these parts i'm not a bio major i don't want this and so we finished eating whatever we ate of it and then the pot was just in the sink and we washed other things but the pot would still be there and for like weeks right am i being dramatic
2: not weeks baby like a week
1: it felt like, it, it was like the coldest winter ever, right? It was a long <laughs> like time. It might have been a week. That might have been real time, but for Chris, it was like two months. Right. Right? And I was like, yo, Brie not going to wash this pot. I'm not going to wash this pot because it's like a science experiment. Yeah? <laughs> and it was just, neither of us would wash the pot. And then one day, I don't see the pot, so I think I won. Right? Because it really was a war. I was like, I'm not washing this pot. Bree threw the pot away. <laughs>
0: I was thinking that. That makes sense. I I went to
1: God and I said, Yo, Lord, I'm not a misogynist. I'm not no, like, woman in that place. Yeah. But I know I'm a messy person and I believe in balance. (laughs) So I was like, I married Bree thinking that she would complete me in my messiness. Right. But she took my messiness to another level. That's not what I need right
0: now.
1: Right. Oh, man. So that crock pot, I was like, dude, we got to work it out. We
0: gotta work it out. That's funny. Um, good story, Chris. <laughs> Thanks for telling that. Y'all don't judge me. Wait, no. no. That <laughs> was the for your marriage. I've gotten
2: better. <laughs> um,
0: did you receive pushback from family and friends because you got married so early?
2: hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. They're so, like you haven't you have your whole life, you you know, you just graduated school, you know, you've got things to explore and do before you settle down and I didn't really understand how me getting married prevented me from experiencing (laughs) the fullness of life right if anything it would enhance it yeah um but yeah I got plenty of pushback people couldn't believe it yeah I can imagine I can but I I didn't see the point of waiting any longer right it was um just time for a new season like Chris says often, that season of boyfriend and girlfriend was full. That room. Yeah. And so we had to move to another bigger room. Or a bigger apartment. Right. Yeah. Where it was husband, wife, love. We try and feel that. So That's deep.
0: Yeah. Um, So we live in a world where shacking up before marriage is the norm. Yeah. Why was it important for you guys not to live with each other before marriage?
1: I, I think... It's, it's, it's definitely because of, like, Christianity and, like, our convictions from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But I think we would have had cultural shame. Yeah. You know, like, my my Jamaican family would not have had it. My
2: yep. family would not have had it.
1: Either. You know, like, they would not have been okay with Mm-mm. it. And and it would have just made things so much more difficult.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And not that your family, like, rules everything you do, of course, but it would just make things so much more just, oh, this is, like, I have to hear about this again, mm-hmm. you know? So, rather than do that. I was like, nah. But but honestly I never had a desire to shack up. That's that's the main thing for me. Like I just it just felt like the right thing to do was to was to marry Brie. Like it wasn't also like, Oh, I guess I have to. It was like, Oh no, right. th- it's time, you know?
0: Yeah. No, I get it. It's so hard though, because we do live in a world where everyone's like um, how do you know of anything about this person without living that, with them? So it's kind yeah. of like, I don't well, know. Well, the
2: way that they date now is like, hey, let's be serious right away, or hey, let's do things as if we were in a serious relationship, but then not really commit. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> preach. No. It's like.
1: Netflix and chill has ruined it.
2: Situationships. <laughs>
1: situationships wow. are disgusting yeah. like like, and i say that not from like a judging of the person thing but in the sense of like i say it's disgusting because i think it's ruined what i heard this other minister say and i don't want to mess up the quote but he talked about the importance or the necessity of the church to guard the sacred state of the erotic Like, like like basically saying that back in the day right obviously nobody was perfect but back in the day it was like Culturally understood, you weren't gonna get the full experience of your of your partner physically until y'all were married.
2: Yeah, and
1: so for what it's worth, that built up this like literal culmination. That if you just meet somebody and sleep with them and instantly like you got a Tinder swipe or whatever and you eat and so sleep with them, like what what what's the culminating thing after that? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like you've already like gotten this, oh! and then and then there's no sense of like. What are you pursuing after that? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's only, not to say that, that sex is the NLBL, but come on, it's going to go downhill from there. You know what I mean? So, we got to get back to a point, and I'm not beating nobody over the head, because like, I'll tell you straight up, I was not perfect either Mm-mm. at all. So, I'm still understanding it, though. Like, you, you have to have some sense of, like, building towards something. I think that's what God really intends. If you mess up or you, you fall to your urges, there, there's still space for you to bounce back. I'm not saying it's over, but I'm saying we got to go back to that place of, like, making intimacy have value. Make that be an ending point, not a starting point.
0: Love it. That's so true. Um, I hear a lot of married couples talk about the challenge of the first five years. So, do you have any advice for newlyweds or people um, getting married about that time?
2: You're going to have to be learn to be selfless. You're gonna get those wrinkles of selfishness ironed out of you quick. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so just be patient with that. Um, I find that being married, instead of showing me more about Chris, it's shown me more about myself like he's been a giant mirror. So be patient with realizing your own mess. My mess. <laughs> like God will work with you. Uh. And just be patient on, um, working that out. So what's one thing you had to change,
0: um, about yourself to make your marriage work? Gosh.
1: Um, it's just normal to be selfish. Mm-hmm. Cause when you're by yourself, it's like, when I, those, um, months I lived in Charlotte by myself, like, what we having for dinner? Five guys again. And then you just, <laughs> <laughs> it was a party of one unanimous decision, you know, but Everything, especially because, you know, when you're in the honeymoon phase, everything has to be like so perfect mm-hmm. and you're trying your best to please this person and it's impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe in completing someone. I think God completes us and then two complete people get married. I can't look for Bree to be like my missing piece because then I'm always going to be broken. Yeah. You know, and um, I remember reading on um, the homie C.S. Lewis where it was the screw tape letters. Where the little demon was trying to mess up this one couple. And he would tell, paraphrasing, he would tell one, like the husband, yo, y'all want Chinese food tonight. And then tell the woman, like, yo, y'all want Chipotle tonight. And then they would, instead of being like, oh, um, we get Chinese this time, or we get Chipotle this time, and then the other, the reverse next time, they both eating pizza. Now, both of them eating pizza mad at the other person because they wanted Chinese or they wanted Chipotle. No one's happy. Right. So, I think sometimes we think compromise means that you make both people unhappy. But compromise ties into patience. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, okay, I didn't get my chance this time, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be a next time. Right. So, we're going to balance off of each other.
0: Mm -hmm. How do you keep your marriage fun and alive? I mean, you guys are going to be together for the next, what? Seventy years. No, no, no. Yeah, you know with
1: all this technology, you might be longer than that, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, we're nerds. <laughs> we like go to Barnes and Noble for dates. Like, I'm so excited to go on our next Barnes and Noble date. Hey. We have a gift card. <laughs>
1: Got the educator card.
2: <laughs> and I'm oh, so lucky, l- man. look
1: up, man. Go teach.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so like I just look forward to doing like stuff where it's not just oh, it's the two of us, but it's also we can engage our brain. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, man. and talk about it afterwards, you know. Right. Yeah.
1: You gotta you gotta find your, your way and, and don't be afraid to try something new. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like right. I remember I knew I was really in love because I was watching the Kardashians. <laughs> you know what I mean. I was I was coloring and stuff like that. You know, like you just gotta step. Even watching wrestling, like
2: yeah.
1: you gotta step outside of your comfort zone. You know what I mean. You ain't gotta stay there. I'm not mm-hmm. telling you to start dressing funny, but you know at least see what what your your mate enjoys, man.
0: Well, guys, that is our show. I hope you guys. um Look at marriage differently. I hope you guys, you know, are able to understand what it takes to truly make a marriage successful. And for me, I learned that it takes a lot of sacrifice and selflessness. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's really important. And as always, follow lifestylebykai.com But what do you, before I go into my spiel, what do you guys have going on? Because you guys have so much going on. Yeah. Um, so I want to get that out before I go into the whole social media of my stuff.
1: Well, um, follow follow me uh, on Twitter, crispy06. <laughs> I'm going I'm to hit you on my social media. Yes. Um, Instagram, the baddest chaplain. Uh, I curate and produce uh, about eight shows now on Soundbooth Radio 1 um so check us out at soundboothradio1.com you can see episodes of um variety shows on mixcloud.com slash stcdnw um i'm a regular contributor on the culture so that's um you gotta look up bmoc on on youtube and, and you'll see me in some of those episodes and yeah i just i'm just out here man you know
2: Three, what's up with you? Um, I'm a mommy slash faith slash gardening blogger. (laughs) Um, You can find my stuff on crownfruit.wordpress.com. I'm also on Instagram. Um, BRBurton08. So look at my pictures of my baby. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I love what both of
0: them do. So you guys, you have to follow. And as always, follow LifestyleByKai.com. Instagram, Lifestyle by Kai, Twitter by Kai blog, SoundCloud, Lifestyle by Kai.